Welcome to Swing Left Nebraska. We are the regional chapter of Swing Left, 100% run by grassroots volunteers dedicated to fighting for a more equitable, inclusive, and prosperous Nebraska and motivating Democratic-leaning voters to vote. When we don't vote, when we don't get engaged, get involved, or stand up for what we believe in, we're effectively giving up our power. Action is the antidote. When we collaborate, work together, support each other and our shared values, we can make our voices heard, make an impact, and inspire others to join the fight. Swing Left Nebraska offers you the information, actionable ideas, and tools you need to advocate for progressive legislation and to help elect Democratic candidates who will fight for the common good for all Nebraskans. Let's mobilize. Let's take action. Let's go. Welcome to the Swing Left Nebraska podcast, the show that brings you engaging discussions on politics, activism, and advocacy in Nebraska. I'm yeah, a volunteer with Swing Left Nebraska and your host. Whether you're a seasoned activist or just getting started, the Swing Left Nebraska podcast is your go-to source for information, inspiration, and action. We believe that together we can create a brighter future for all Nebraskans. And we're excited to have you join us on this journey. Swing Left Nebraska is committed to providing you the information you need to stay informed and engaged. Our episodes are usually released on Sundays, but I will be out of the country the next few weeks. We will have a new episode for you on Tuesday, May 30th. To ensure you never miss an episode, subscribe to this pod. Do it. On this episode, Cindy Maxwell joins me to discuss Amendment 1801. This amendment proposes a limited voter ID form without detrimental new measures, such as extra citizenship verifications. We also discuss the advancement of LB 574, a dangerous bill restricting health care, including gender-related care for transgender youth and abortion care. We have a lot to get into, so let's do a show. Cindy, welcome back to the Swing Left Nebraska podcast. I know we're doing a special episode tonight on Thursday. We have a lot going on, so let's get right into it. The Government, Military, and Veterans Affairs Committee has officially voted to move forward with a voter ID proposal to the floor tomorrow. This particular version called AM1801 was created through a partnership between Senator Brewer and Secretary of State Evnen. It is a limited form of voter ID that excludes controversial new measures such as additional citizenship screenings. The amendment concerns voter identification allows various forms of voter identification. And additionally, it does ensure that Nebraskans can access vote by mail. But we know voter ID is unnecessary in our state, and so we must continue to urge our lawmakers to pass a bill that imposes minimal restrictions. What are your thoughts on all this? It's been very interesting that this particular bill has taken this long to get out of committee because it is so monumental. It's so important to our rights as Nebraskans to vote. And I follow a few organizations and really trust their input 
regarding voting rights in that Civic Nebraska and the ACLU. And the Civic Nebraska organization put out some information about this particular amendment. None of these organizations and most of us do not want to limit voting. And we want to make sure that this is enacted in a way that will hopefully minimize our, as far as our right to access to the polls. And I know that the initiative that Senator Slama brought was extremely concerning, requiring vote by mail to either have notary or witness signatures and all sorts of things. I know that Senator Brewer, who's chair of the Government Military and Veterans Affairs Committee, has been working to come up with legislation that will meet the needs that the citizens voted regarding changing our constitution about this but also try not to limit access. And the interesting thing this morning on the floor of the legislature is that when this was read into the journal as being advanced to the floor, Senator Slama disputed it as being improper because the executive session that they had with the vote was attended by someone from the executive branch. And it was actually someone from the election department, Secretary of State's department. And she said that was improper that the executive branch should be present when those kinds of decisions and votes are made. So it was removed from general file. And from what I understand, they either had or are having another executive session and they will advance it to general file officially tomorrow. That particular bill is the one that most organizations such as Civic Nebraska and ACLU are supporting because it would restrict voting the least amount. And that is our goal at this point, because the constitutional amendment did pass. And of course, we do know and have to stress that voter ID is something that was not necessary in our state. We do not have voter fraud. We actually have amazing elections here in Nebraska. But with all of the myths and disinformation about this, voters did feel it was necessary to pass this. And now it's up to the legislature to enact it. And I hope that they do a good job when it comes up. I don't know when it'll be. It's coming, though. So get in touch with your senator, please. Yeah. Send an email, call all the things, do all the things. So let's talk about Tuesday. That is when the gender affirming care ban LB 574, including the abortion ban amendment, passed its previous vote. So the last voting session for this bill is actually happening tomorrow, May 19th. It's expected around 2 p.m., but the way things are going, it could be any time. So if you are planning to go, please go early. And we know that despite the opposition of medical professionals and constituents, senators have continued to disregard their concerns. It is not the place of senators to limit access to safe, medically sound, and life-saving health care. And many, I would say, what, over a thousand people showed up on Tuesday at the Capitol, do you think? I really am not a very good judge of how many people are attending things like this, but it was so many. And it was so heartening to see everyone that came out to try to help the senators understand we do not want this extreme legislation in our state. We want bodily autonomy. We do not want to restrict our freedoms to make choices about our reproductive health. And we do not want to target trans youth and take away their health care in Nebraska. Tuesday, there was another bill 
that was on the floor before LB 574 would be considered. And it was anticipated that the debate on that would happen around five o'clock. I was in the car on my way when they started early on 574. And it was really troubling for a lot of people because they were thinking that they would go after work and be there to try to attend and maybe talk to their senator. When I got there, there were people already on the road were trying to just demonstrate their support for trans use and for abortion access. And then there was a smaller group of people who were praying and having a gathering who were supporters for 574. And so there were both groups of people in the rotunda. But as the afternoon wore on into the evening, I really only mainly noticed supporters, just very few, and it was mainly people who opposed it. And I know that the balcony was full as far as for people to observe the floor directly that was full with people who opposed 574. And from pictures I've seen and talking to friends, the balcony that was reserved, which again, that's something new this year, that they don't allow people to just sit in whatever balcony they wish, no matter what their position is on the legislation that's being considered. The other balcony for proponents was not full. That's just FYI. I didn't see um, any proponents personally, but that's just me. <laughs> and there were, I, there was a lot of comments since about that it was disruptive and it was extremely loud. There were people who actually began chanting to try to help the senators hear us. And even if they did hear us, unfortunately, they didn't listen. And that's been a consistent theme throughout this whole session from the very beginning with the committee hearings on these bills that were restricted due to arbitrary time limits. And they turned away people from being able to have the senators hear them directly, which is how the second house is actually supposed to function with the legislators in partnership. It's really disappointing how this has all come down. But that afternoon, it was really heartening to see the people there. And there was a lot of people who are passionate about this because of their family members or people that they love that this will impact and people concerned with our rights in our state. And I know that there were a lot of comments that this was something like a riot or insurrection. And I was there and it was not. Yeah. It was peaceful. There were people who were chanting, people who were clapping, people who were waving signs. There was no rioting. There was no violence there. And in fact, as far as between different proponents and opponents, up by the vestibule doors, which is where I was located most of the afternoon and evening, there was a man who actually knelt and prayed. He was on his knees and a lot of people couldn't see him because a lot of people. And there were some of us near and around him that were being very careful to make sure no one tripped on him so that they or he wouldn't get hurt. And so I think there was actually a lot of cooperation reach regarding Nebraskans there that day, trying to just make sure that their voices were being heard. And I was really glad to see so many young people, people from all walks of life. There were a lot of doctors there that actually wore their white coats to try to be available to senators if they had any questions. And Patty Penzing Brooks and her husband were there. I was really glad to see her come. And she's always been a champion 
for LGBTQ rights and um, senators that I really respect. And it just was so disappointing that when I look back at the video, because I couldn't hear anything, <laughs> what was happening inside as far as how the debate was actually proceeding, but it was chaotic. The senators and their motions and the questions and the way the speaker and the legislature viewed some of the procedures and policies differently than they did even just last week or at the beginning of the session. It just seems like it's a never-ending, changing process about how we will approach the rules in the legislature. It was really chaotic, and it's disappointing in the end that there were 33 senators to vote to advance this version, this LB 574, which contains the amendment that Senator Hansen brought that merges these two very different pieces of legislation. It merges the anti-trans use healthcare and anti-abortion. It puts the abortion ban and tries to shoehorn it in. And it was disappointing that we had 32 Republicans and Democrat Senator Mike McDonald that all voted to advance this. It was on final reading, went back to select, and then went back to final reading. There were really concerning conversations between Senator Reby and Senator Hansen on the floor. The amendment Senator Hansen brought does not contain all of the elements that Senator Reby had tried to bring as an amendment to 626. It is extremely important that Nebraskans understand that Senator Reapy's amendment to 626 a week or more ago contained different restrictions, and it also had provisions in it that protected against any medical professionals being charged with criminal penalties. And that protection, that provision, is not part of Senator Hansen's amendment. And they talked about this on the floor. And Senator Reby asked Senator Hansen if he would consider fixing it next year if it passes. This bill has an emergency clause. It's called E-clause. And if it passes tomorrow and the senators vote for cloture, which is going to be the main vote that we should all watch for because it requires 33, it's a higher threshold, to cease debate and then move on to vote for the actual bill. If it achieves cloture, which is 33 votes, and it goes on to a vote on the bill and passes and the governor signs it, it is immediately enacted into law. Wow. It's immediate. It's important that everyone understand that this is something that has been rushed and it is not good policy in the first place. It's based on discrimination when we talk about 574. And then the abortion ban aspects of it are cruel. It's a 10-week ban in essence because it's based on a person's menstrual cycle and not on fertilization. So let's stop saying 12 weeks. It's in weeks. But there's other things that Senator Hansen did not include that Senator Reby while I don't agree with his position to further restrict abortion than it is already here in Nebraska, Senator Reapy at least thoughtfully included provisions for exceptions for fatal fetal anomaly. And Senator Hansen has said, and I read it in the news, where if this troubles enough people, maybe at some point and sometime down the road in a year or two, we might revisit it. But in the meantime, what that means is that 
women who are given tragic news. These are wanted pregnancies, right? These are babies that families are picking out crib mattress blankets for and whatever else, names, right? They're planning their, their family's future and they get the most horrific news about their fetus anomalies. They're called fatal fetal anomalies. And that happens when there's just really tragic situation where there's not going to be a way for this baby to live. It could be any number of things, but we've heard stories from other states of mothers whose babies' brains are not formed or they don't have all their organs or things like this. And if they do make it to delivery, many times they're born stillborn or they die very soon after birth. And the sad thing is that at this point in time, Senator Hansen is saying everyone must carry these pregnancies to term. And there are many families that choose to do that. And that is everyone's right to have the decision where they would want to continue their pregnancy to that point. And there are many people who that is a comfort to them. There are other families who have different beliefs or different views about whether they would want that baby to be born and suffer, not be able to freeze or be in pain or have a lot of medical intervention for the very short time that they would be alive. And those families, some of whom are really trying to get pregnant and so also don't want to put off the ability to again try as soon as possible. Those families want the choice, the humane, the dignity to choose to end the pregnancy between them, their doctor, their faith. And this particular amendment does not allow for that. It does not allow for that. It's really difficult to imagine that the senators are going to be rushing this legislation through. And there will be women right now here in Nebraska pregnant who in the next month may get this tragic news and they will have choices taken away. Their rights that they right now have will be gone. I am hoping that everybody is contacting their senator in a very specific, clear way and asking everyone else they know to call as well because this is not good for our state. And they began talked about how it'll impact not only um, people's rights and healthcare in our state, but it's an impact on our ability to thrive as a state as well. We're going to be losing medical professionals who will not be coming here to learn medicine, and they will potentially be leaving because of these criminal penalties and the inability to practice their medicine as far as standard of care. We'll have young people who are showing and telling us study after study that the states that are enacting these types of laws, that's not where they're going to put their roots down and grow their families. And we have businesses telling us this is not good for our business climate. There are companies that will not be coming here. In fact, today on the floor of the legislature, they're talking about IKEA. And that IKEA will not be coming to Nebraska with these types of laws because they very specifically are committed as a company to inclusivity and diversity. There's companies that won't be coming here. There are conventions and other types of events that we may lose. So I don't want to say that our rights come with any sort of dollar amount or price. And these are two totally different perspectives on this law. 
But this is also going to affect our state's economy, not just for the companies that come here and those types of things, but also because these people that will be forced to continue their pregnancy, it affects that person's earning potential. You take off when you're when you deliver and then it affects over time. There's many statistics about how pregnancy impacts someone's earning potential. And if you're not in a position at that time, it's not fair that we would be forcing women to carry these babies. And I just think most Nebraskans don't want that. Not the Nebraskans I talk to here in my district. I know there are many people who very strongly disagree with abortion, but I know even many of them are not comfortable with forcing people to carry pregnancy against their will. Right. You can be personally pro-life, but also for yourself, that is your choice to be pro-life for your body. That is your choice. And I don't know if I was clear when I was talking about one or another piece of this legislation, but that's part of why this is such a difficult conversation, because they're two very different pieces of legislation that have been just crammed together into one. It's just, it's not good policy. I imagine if it does pass and the governor signs it, there'll be legal action taken, I'm sure, immediately with some sort of organization that will try to challenge it. Will the gender-affirming care go into place immediately as well? Yes, it's all one bill. Yes. Yes. 574 is one piece of legislation. It will all go immediately into effect. So you're saying if a youth was on gender-affirming medication and... They're supposed to get the prescription filled. There is a what they call quote unquote grandfather clause for people currently receiving this health care. So I believe it is until maybe October that that part of the provision would take place. From what I understand, people that are currently receiving this health care, these young people currently on puberty blockers would not be forced to detransition. Now, Senator Hunt brought up a question, though, the other day. She said, okay, you have a child on puberty blockers today. They're, for example, maybe 14, and say they reach the age of 16 or 17, and they're at that point wanting to, and maybe it's time health-wise for them to continue with puberty. That would be when they would potentially start hormone therapy. Would that be tricky? That's not really spelled out. It's not clear. And this new provision that puts so much authority with the Department of Health and Human Services Chief Medical Officer, that all has to be written. The legislature is giving that responsibility, authority, jurisdiction, whatever you want to call it, to the executive branch with the Department of Health and Human Services. I hope everyone remembers this chief medical officer, the current chief medical officer, is the previous board chair for the Board of Health that had sent that very unusual and irregular letter to the legislature back when LB 574 was first debated. He's a political appointee, and even if that person isn't in the position as chief medical officer, it is a political appointee by the governor in the future. So it could be decided by someone even with more restrictive views in the future. And so that's why it's a big concern. It's more of a backdoor ban. And uh, yeah, I think there's very, very good reason for people to worry about this. Even people who support this legislation should be disturbed by how it's being enacted. 
I wanted to back up to something to compare the January 6th to the Tuesday night rally is absolutely absurd because January 6th was a violent attempt to stop the peaceful transfer of power. And Tuesday was Nebraskans peacefully using their voices to push back. And we still need uh, people to show up tomorrow and use their voices to push back peacefully as we have been doing this entire time. Yes, no question. And in fact, I would say Tuesday night is what democracy looks like. There's marvel on the side of the building of the Nebraska Capitol that talks about the watchfulness of the citizen, right, is the salvation of the state. We, as the second house, are supposed to work with our senators to craft legislation that helps all of us thrive, all of our families, all of our businesses. And we, throughout this whole process, have been ignored, turned down, shut down. And I hope that they actually will listen. I really do, because this legislation is something that every person that votes for it, I would think will be able to look themselves in the mirror after they see the results. Once they look back after this has been enacted, if it is passed into law, unfortunately, there's going to be a lot of tragedy. There's going to be a lot of trauma. There's going to be a lot of distraught people in our state. And this could have been prevented. I hate to have the Debbie Downer thought here. I don't think they care. I don't think they care. And I don't know if they would even have it in them to look back in the mirror and say, whoopsie daisy, I did that. I just truly think they have an agenda and they're distracting us from things that have not been getting done in this state. And I just don't think they care. But that's just me. That's so hard. I know that some of them appear to relish the thought of enacting this legislation. And I know there are some senators that I truly just think they don't understand. I feel like they should be paying attention to the experts and the professionals. And just to remind everybody that the major medical associations, including their Nebraska chapters of the American Medical Association, the Nebraska Medical Association, American Academy of Pediatrics, they all are saying, don't do this. I really wish that the senators would listen because they're superimposing their personal beliefs onto people's health and onto their rights to bodily autonomy. And that is just really where they should draw the line. Absolutely. Absolutely. As we come to the end of this episode, do you have any final words for our incredible listeners? Everyone, if you can come tomorrow, please do as early as possible. Speaker Arch said that the bill will be heard no later than two o'clock. But as we saw last week, it could be at any point tomorrow that they would start to hear this bill. If you can't come, that's just important for you to make sure that you're supporting everybody else. Let's all make sure and contact our senators one last time tonight. Send an email, leave a voicemail or call and actually try to reach their assistant. And then ask five to 10 other people to do the same. Make sure everyone else is aware. I think sometimes everyone's busy working. They have lots going on in our lives and we might have missed some of this news. And let's just do everything we can. We'll know tomorrow what we're facing. I don't want to forget to say how important it is that all of our neighbors know how much we care and that we value 
everybody in our state. And no matter what your gender, no matter what your status, there are those of us here standing up no matter what. And we're not going to give up. If this does pass, we will fight it. And we will work to try to either beat it back or hopefully bring better legislation next year. And then, of course, we all need to work to elect better representatives so that we can fix this long term. If anyone is feeling scared, if anyone is feeling like they have feelings where they don't want to go on, they are having suicidal thoughts, anything like that, there are numbers to call. And I hope that you'll put those in the notes for everybody so that they can make sure and share that in case someone needs some extra professional support. Absolutely. I will definitely do that. That is a great point. And also, if you're feeling apathetic and feeling defeated, that is perfectly normal. I definitely had those feelings on Wednesday. But I think what helped me is connecting with other community members. I went to my Sarpy County Democrat meeting and connected with other like-minded individuals so that we could be together and support one another in these very difficult times. So reach out to your friends or family that share your views and can support you in this process. Very good. Thank you so much for everything you do. Really appreciate you. Thank you, Cindy. Really appreciate you coming on and helping uh, unpack everything you and Carol tonight. Join the Sarpy County Democrats in their effort to engage and register young voters this summer. You can help by walking with the Sarpy Dems during the Salute to Summer Parade on May 27th at noon. You can also sit at our community booth to chat with your neighbors and register voters until 10 p.m. Stay for the festivities, which include food trucks, a beer garden, music, fireworks, and so much more. Volunteers will also receive a free t-shirt as a token of appreciation. I will leave the link for more info and to sign up in the show notes. That is it for today's episode of the Swing Left Nebraska podcast. We hope you found it informative and inspiring. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment to rate and review us on your favorite pod platform. Your feedback really does help us reach more listeners and continue to bring you high quality content. Remember, the work of creating positive change in our community never stops. So let's stay engaged, stay informed, and keep working towards a brighter future for all Nebraskans. Let's mobilize. Let's take action. Let's go. Ready, set, go. Get ready to go.